0: Hello there, this is Robin Norgren and I'm your host for Montessori Creativity and the Meaning of Life. You're in the middle of a series with me called A Monk's Alphabet, Musings from a Modern Day Monk, Jeremy Driscoll. He wrote a book where he took um, the ABCs and he basically wrote different musings from the perspective of a monk and we're in the letter B. Benedict. As a Benedictine monk, I am naturally inspired by the figure of St. Benedict, whose wise document, which we call the, the Holy Rule, is the basis of our way of life. He was born in Nor- a Norcia of, in Umbria in 480, lived for a while as a student in Rome, left the city disillusioned and became a hermit monk in Subiaco. After fame of his holiness and wisdom spread, he was pressured into founding what became a great monastery, Monte Cassino. It was there that he wrote the Holy Rule, which exercised enormous influence throughout the subsequent history of Europe. He was dead by the year 550. All that we know of his life comes to us from St. Gregory the Great, who was himself a monk before he was a pope from 590 to 604. On the cusp of the 6th and 7th centuries, the Bishop of Rome lived in a world that is not without parallels to our own. The Roman Empire was crumbling all around him. The culture that had carried the best of pagan and Christian insight was vanishing, and the invasion of barbarians raised the question of whether it would be any longer possible to live the Christian life in depth. One of the ways in which Gregory attempted to give light and hope in such a situation was by recounting the life of Saint Benedict. One of the stories of that life has been especially formative to me, and I use it as an image of how I want to work and what I want to think about as a monk and a theologian. The scene that Gregory describes begins with St. Benedict seated quietly at the door of his monastery, absorbed in reading. Suddenly, crashing unexpectedly into the peace of the scene, there comes riding up on a horse a rough-mannered and haughty barbarian, shoving before him a poor peasant who is bound with ropes. The peasant owes the barbarian money, and he and has claimed that his goods are deposited in the safekeeping of Benedict's monastery. Without any introduction or any attempt at graciousness, the barbarian shouts at Benedict, "Get up! Get up! No tricks! Just get me this man's money, which he says you have." What follows is a quintessential monas- monastic moment. It is, if you will. The monastic contribution to the world, the world being represented here in one of its unhappier aspects by the barbarian. We are told that in response to the barbarian's rude and abrupt command, St. Benedict calmly raised his eyes from his reading and looked for a moment at the barbarian. Slowly, his gaze toward, turned toward the poor peasant, noting how cruelly he was bound This is an image of monastic reading. This is an image of Christian contemplation. The monk, looking up from the scripture, fixes his gaze on the suffering of the world. And in that moment in which Benedict's eyes fall on the suffering man, it could be called the moment in which the light of scripture penetrates the darkness of human suffering and injustice. A tremendous wonder is worked the knots in the ropes that bound the man suddenly unravel, and he stands there completely free. He, of course, was not displeased, and the barbarian was terribly impressed. The latter, in fact, threw himself at St. Benedict's feet, asking for his prayers. Benedict effortlessly returned to his reading, ordering several of the monks to prepare some refreshment for the barbarian. As he was about to depart, Benedict simply took the occasion to tell him not to treat others so cruelly. With wisdom like this, calm, kind, attentive, and straightforward, anchored in the Word of God, St. Benedict created the monasticism that was to have such an impact in the history of Christian Europe and eventually in many other parts of the world. It is a wisdom still needed by us today. In the midst of the massive inhumanity, we direct toward one another and see all around us to stay calmly anchored in the word of God and to let its power set us free. B is for between the lines. Of course, God cannot be just another of the things of this world to be noticed also alongside the rest, God's very being requires more than that. Not more in the sense of quantity, but in the sense of quality. And so, if God is here at all, and God must be because all the rest is, then it would have to be in the quality of something like between the lines of things and persons. Of something like the desire that others awaken in us, but never satisfy. Of something like a hidden radiance that we are longing to see, whose presence we sometimes suspect, but never see. So then, this is a fine mess. A concrete, marvelous, beautiful world of things and people, and yet no ultimate satisfaction in it only an increasingly restless heart. I am longing for the divine glory hidden in everything to burst forth and present itself to our vision. How much longer must we wait for this? As the delay continues, our faith and hope naturally weaken. How are we not to look to particular people and things so exquisite and beautiful? To satisfy our longing. Even when we know quite well that they cannot. All this must be what inspired that poor and simple prayer. Come Lord, delay your coming no longer. Well, thank you so much for stopping by. You can see all the work I do over on my website at www.RobinNorkren.com. And if you know of anyone who would really benefit from this um, series, please make sure and share. And of course, subscribe in your favorite podcast venue.